Day two of suspended Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton's impeachment trial. What testimony today revealed? And our prospects of rain and cooler weather only looking more promising for next week. When do you expect the change in first warning weather? Plus the surprising move in the trial of the man accused in the 2021 mass shooting on 6th Street and when we could know the verdict. Well, at the state capitol today, tense new testimony in Attorney General Ken Paxton's impeachment trial. Now we heard from Paxton's former top aide. This is the first person to report him to the FBI for complaints of bribery and abuse of office. Our Ryan Chandler has been following the trial in the Senate chamber for us today. He's joining us live there with the latest. Ryan. Well, Britt Daniel, this is one of the first eyewitness accounts that we've heard about what whistleblowers say was happening behind closed doors in Ken Paxton's attorney general's office. Prosecutors examined Jeff Mateer. He was Paxton's former right-hand man for four years as the first assistant attorney general. And he told us what he witnessed seeing Paxton and his relationship with that Austin real estate developer and Paxton's campaign donor, Nate Paul. He said Paxton's commitment to Paul jeopardized state business and took away from Paxton's work for other constituents. The problem is the office is being used for the benefit of, of one person. It's not exercising its own independent judgment. You have the attorney general acting on behalf of one person. And by this time, I knew that he was a campaign donor. I concluded that you know, Mr. Paxton was engaged in, 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 in conduct that was immoral, unethical, and, and I had a good faith belief to, that it was illegal. Now, Paxton's defense attorneys, of course, pushed back forcefully on this. It was a confrontational, confrontational cross-examination that lasted for hours with Tony Busby, Paxton's defense attorney, accusing Mateer of making assumptions about his former boss and going to the FBI prematurely. Is it possible, Mr. Mateer, that you jumped to a lot of conclusions really fast? I don't believe so, sir. And you could have you could have put all this to bed if you had just talked to your boss. I I attempted to talk to him starting probably in June, July, August, September. No, I did. You, take it easy. I now. did talk to him, sir. Take, take it easy. And now, Ryan, we know that now that examination lasted for about six hours. Now, the deputy first assistant attorney general, Ryan Bangert, is on the stand. They expect to go until about 630 tonight. Still, for this entire process, Ken Paxton was not present. Hmm. And that was going to be my question to you, Ryan. We know he was there a short time yesterday, but you didn't see him at all today, did you? No, that's right. He uh, he was present for the, the the pleadings yesterday morning, but then he left around lunchtime, and it's not clear whether uh, he intends to make another appearance at this trial. Ryan, as always, great to have you. Thank you so much for that. An unexpected moment in one of the final days of the 2021 Sixth Street mass shooting trial. The suspect, 21-year-old DeAndre White, who was accused of murder, took the stand to testify in his own defense. Our Jayla Washington has been following this case since the beginning. And Jayla, how did it seem when White was on the stand? He was there for about an hour? 
A good evening, Britt and Daniel. Yeah, he was on the stand for over an hour, and to me, he seemed uh, nervous and remorseful, even eager to tell his side of the story in his own words. Now, when he was asked why he wanted to take the stand today, which, by the way, is very uncommon in these sorts of cases, his answer was simple. He said, everyone deserves to hear the truth. Now, the judge did not allow us to uh, get video of White while he was on the stand, but he did testify, saying that he went on 6th Street that night with friends just to hang out. He said the two guys in his group who he wasn't close to seemed to have some issues with gang members out of Colleen. He testified one gang member in a ski mask approached him, appearing to be pulling out his gun ready to shoot. That is a different account, though, than what other witnesses have testified during this trial. Some specific things that White said that stood out. First, he said, my sole focus was just on the dude with the ski mask because he was the one who was pulling out a gun and I did what I needed to do. Second, he told the court, I didn't want to hurt anybody else. I just wanted to try to get them away. White says he wasn't honest with police about the shooting first out of self-defense because I was just scared and I didn't want to go to jail. Now, White, he did admit to lying to detectives uh, two years ago, even hiding his gun, uh, deleting text messages, cutting his dreads, trying to change his appearance uh, after the shooting. White just kept saying, though, over and over that he was just scared and he knows that this was his fault, but uh, again, did not mean to hurt anyone else. Uh, it's worth noting that while he was on the stand listening to this, you know, surprising testimony today, his mother was present in the courtroom as well as the family of the man who died in that shooting last year. That's Douglas Cantor. Uh, so very, very emotional. The jury just got released. We expect they might have a verdict as early as tomorrow. Coming up at 6 o'clock, we are going to uh, let you hear some more sound from closing arguments and we might possibly even hear from attorneys. I'm live downtown, Jayla Washington. Back to you. All right, Jayla, thank you very much. And breaking news tonight, a federal judge orders Texas to remove its buoy barrier in the Rio Grande. Governor Abbott ordered the barrier to be placed in the river earlier this summer to deter migrants from crossing into Texas. But the judge ruled that the state needed permission from the federal government to place the buoys in the water. Now, he ordered the barrier to be removed by September 15th. Governor Abbott released a statement saying the state will appeal the ruling. Well, some Texans will be waiting a little bit longer for a driver's license. A system upgrade shut down offices statewide once again today, and apparently they're going to be shut down until at least noon tomorrow. The Texas Department of Public Safety canceled all in-person and online appointments for the day. This also applies to people applying for an ID card or requesting a driver's record. The agency is working to fix a system outage sparked after a weekend system update. DPS did and say when the system would be fixed and appointments would resume. This is the second outage the state has dealt with in recent weeks. Last month, DPS dealt with an outage that disrupted vehicle inspections. Arna Bill Ramadna will go in depth on how this outage has impacted people coming up on KXAN News at 6. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, today proven to be the hottest September 6th ever observed at the Austin Bergstrom Airport. 103 degrees, beating the previous record by two degree margin. This was our 40th day in a row, unbroken of triple digits at the airport. It's still 101 with a painting beautiful sky at the Whittlesea Landscape Supply Cam out in Granite Shoals. Factor in the humidity though, and these, early, uh, these low triple digits feel a little hotter than the thermometer says. The heat index is 105 in Georgia. 
Georgetown, 106 in San Marcos and parts of Caldwell County. This is why a heat advisory continues through 7 p.m. this evening, including the Austin metro area. This will no doubt be reissued again tomorrow. Coming up, though, we've got welcome changes just days away. Forecast next week keeps trending cooler and wetter. I'll show you when exactly to expect this welcome change. David, we need it. Thank you so much. A surprise trip from Washington, D.C. to Kyiv for Secretary of State Antony Blinken. He met up with Ukrainian President Zelensky and announced a new $1 billion assistance package. NBC's Alice Barr reports it's the first visit from a top U.S. official since the Ukraine counteroffensive began three months ago. A show of support today in Ukraine, where U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is making a surprise visit to draw attention back to the grueling conflict. Arriving just hours before a Russian missile strike killed at least 17 people in a market near the eastern front lines. In Kyiv, Secretary Blinken meeting with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. We uh, are determined, the United States, to continue to walk side by side with you. The U.S. pledging another roughly billion dollars in military and humanitarian assistance. Your financial support of our budget is crucial. Crucial cash three months into Ukraine's counteroffensive that has struggled to repel dug-in Russian forces. While on Capitol Hill, lawmakers are debating billions more in Ukraine aid, dividing Republicans. Pulling the plug on Ukraine and letting Putin get away with this invasion uh, will destabilize the world. Some GOP lawmakers arguing Europe should take the lead. We need you to take the first line of defense against Russia. We will do that against China. We cannot, we the United States just can't do both. That as President Biden is preparing to strengthen alliances in Asia to counter China. He heads to the G20 summit in India tomorrow, followed by a trip to Vietnam. While U.S. officials believe North Korea's leader may soon be headed to Russia to talk to Vladimir Putin about supplying Russia with weapons as Russian war reserves dwindle and Putin's brutal invasion rages on. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. The number of people going through the Austin airport is reaching new heights. The summer month that broke another airport record. Also why Texas is locking down prisons across the state. The problem they say that's on the rise behind bars. The bags, the crowds, the lines. The airport keeps getting busier. July turned out to be the busiest month ever. July saw over 2 million passengers. That's over 3.6% more compared to July last year. KXAN continues to track numbers at the airport. Digital data reporter Christopher Adams has interactive graphs breaking down the busiest months, days, and years at Austin Bergstrom International. Find them under this story at KXAN.com. Texas prisons are on lockdown. The Texas Department of Criminal Justice says it's working to address a rise in drug use and drug-related inmate deaths. So this means facilities are on lockdown as the agency searches for drugs. Each facility will limit moving inmates around and their contact with people outside of the prison. Inmates and staff will also undergo more searches. All mail is now digital and canines are being brought in to sniff out any narcotics. Now, once these comprehensive searches are complete, the lockdowns will be lifted. A school bus crashes into a home in Hutto with students on board, and the heat may have caused it. What's being done to make sure drivers and students get home safely? More than two weeks since the last observed rainfall now in the city, but this, we're quite confident, will change next week. You're going to like the forecast I've got right after this.
A Hutto ISD school bus driver is recovering after crashing into a home yesterday afternoon. And today we're learning the heat may have played a role in the wreck. Now, thankfully, no students were injured. KXAN's Mercedes Hernandez spoke with district officials to find out how and why this happened. There's splintered wood and a broken fence here after that bus crashed through. And you can also see a tarp covering a gaping hole in that home as well. Texas DPS says the bus driver veered over a median into the neighborhood fence through someone's backyard, then into the home. Firefighters told us they think the driver had a medical issue related to the heat. The district did say that all of its buses have air conditioning, but the AC on the bus involved was not working at the time of the crash. Hutto ISD adds that right now, at least 10 buses have air conditioning related maintenance needs. The district says it legally can't comment on any medical conditions of the driver, just that they were taken to the hospital. Four students were on the bus at the time of the crash, but none were hurt. I spoke to a parent of one of those children. I text her back, hey, uh, are you guys okay? So she said, yeah, we are okay. It's scary. It's scary. Every parent, they want their kid um, get home safely. As the heat continues, Hutto ISD says it has put a strain on its buses to help. Drivers have been instructed to drop their windows while the buses are in motion to help circulate air. The district says it provides water, powder electrolytes, and personal protective equipment for heat, like neck towelettes, to its drivers. In Hutto, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News. Now, the property managers of the house tell us no one was home at the time of the crash. The tenants, we're told, are renting elsewhere and staying with friends. And going in depth on this, Austin ISD is also working to get more buses with air conditioning. Last month, we reported ASD has about 500 buses. The transportation director told us before the school year began, about 80% of the routes would have AC on them. The district said they would make sure the longer routes use the buses that don't have AC, but that does mean that some of the shorter routes, which can take 30 to 45 minutes, have to go without it. We reached out to the district to see how many buses have been equipped with air conditioning since the start of this school year. We haven't heard back just yet. It is just far too hot mm. for those kids, yeah. for the bus drivers, and this is a little bit of news going into your weather hit. Mm. David Urquhart is asking us once again, I bet you can guess what they're going to ask. <laughs> they want us to conserve tonight from 6 to 9 because of the high temperatures that right. you're talking about and high demand. Very high demand. Mm -hmm. We're using over 80,000 gigawatts, which is a ton of power uh, in the state, megawatts rather. Let me show you why. These are the temperatures that we've seen so far early this month. We've already about doubled our average triple digit day count for the month of September in just the first six days. So far, high temperatures today have hit 103. It's still sitting at 101. Lots of sunshine here on the Austonian weather cam. Temperatures elsewhere, pretty much triple digits area wide, except for a few of the luckier friends out in Gillespie and Blanco counties in the higher elevations. Temperatures actually get a lot worse, but then they get a lot better. So let's start chronologically. Here we are now in the triple digits. We cool off briefly overnight. Tomorrow, add on another two degrees or so to today's highs. That means some 105s, records falling in the Austin metro. On Friday, this still looks like the hottest day of the week and possibly a tie for the second hottest of any September temperature ever observed in Austin, hitting 107. 
7. But let's talk about what happens after that. We've got this heat dome building back big and strong just to our west. On the fringes of it, we have a northerly flow trying to bring down a couple showers from the DFW area tonight. I think they fail in doing so, but a couple days out, if I project this model forward, it's hot and dry Thursday and Friday, but Saturday, let's pause for a moment. The high pressure has retreated enough to produce a little bit of rain on its periphery, a 20% chance of some isolated storms locally, but it still could be record hot both days this weekend. Here's when things really start to improve, and I hear you saying, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. This looks really promising next week, and it only keeps getting better as it approaches, which is a good sign. Early next week, the ridge is out of here, and the first trough or dip in the jet stream that I can remember since late spring or very early summer materializes over the state. This brings some moisture and also a cool front into our area Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and the rain projections and temperature projections just keep getting better. Uh, 105, 107 for the next several days. But then once the front and some scattered storms arrive, we're talking about cooler than normal temperatures for the first time in forever. 92 on Tuesday, 90 on Wednesday. We could very well have highs just beyond this next week in the 80s next Thursday. Rain coverage, you guessed it, not much over the next couple of days. A little isolated storm this weekend, but Tuesday, Wednesday, some of the most widespread rain that we've seen since early June. Look at the rain projections, not only from our best models, but from our forecast partners at the National Weather Service. At least uh, three quarters of an inch to an inch for most areas, maybe up to one and a half, even two and a half inches of rain. Of course, it's hard to predict exactly where the heaviest amounts will materialize. This will be a moving target over the next few days, but I'll tell you, things do look good. Good. Not going to fix the drought, but it's something. In the tropics, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. It's not coming to Texas, but look at this. Newly minted Hurricane Lee, 75 mile an hour winds, looking like a powerful storm over the next few days. It's guaranteed virtually to rapidly intensify. High end category four, maybe a category five, sitting just north of Puerto Rico as it slows down early next week. We don't have any concerns here in Texas, but our friends on the east coast, especially up toward the northeast, do need to keep an eye on that. Tonight's forecast, third night in a row of record warmth, 79, beating the record of 78. Tomorrow, awfully hot, 105 under mostly sunny skies. This weekend, there's that slight chance of rain, but still record highs, well over 100. Next week, the rain chances climb. Low temperatures get a lot more comfortable as well. A convicted murderer who escaped to Pennsylvania prison is still on the run. The continued efforts to find him as we see some new video of how he got out. Turning now to that urgent manhunt for an escaped inmate in Pennsylvania, there is new video of the convicted murderer escaping prison. Watch here. You can see Danilo Calvacante climb up the wall while another inmate stands by. Today, police have expanded the perimeter of the search area after multiple sightings of him. It's leading to more businesses and school closures in the area. There are more than 200 law enforcement from local, state, and federal agencies, the FBI, U.S. Customs, and Border Patrol, all on the ground searching for that escapee. Calvacante's most recent sighting was outside a botanical garden about five miles from the Chester County Prison where he escaped from last Thursday. Now, they're still using a helicopter, blasting an audio recording from his mother, urging him to turn himself in. New Austin police officers will soon start patrolling city streets. The 148th cadet class hit the pavement this morning for the traditional chief's run. Now the run started at 7 at the south end of the Congress Avenue Bridge and mm -hmm. ended at the Texas State Capitol Peace Officers Memorial. 
And at the front was new interim chief Robin Henderson. She graduated from the 90th cadet class and congratulated the work of the new cadets. We are in the midst of a staffing crisis, and so it is exciting to know that we're having additional officers that are going to be added to, to the streets to help to maintain safety. Now, granted, is it is 19. We would like to have more, but just super excited for the accomplishments for the 19 and that they're going to be out there starting on Sunday night. Um, they'll be starting their first shifts, and so um, they've answered the call for, for duty. Um, they stepped up, and they're here to serve our Austin community, and so I'm, I'm excited. For them i'm excited for their family members and i'm also excited for the city of austin and the class will graduate on friday oh, congratulations to all of them tonight on nbc primetime it's america's got talent at seven nfl kickoff at eight then we'll get you ready for the texas alabama matchup with horns pregame southeastern showdown special then an extended version of kxan news starting at 9 30 tonight